Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of And I'm All Set. <laughs> Tonight's episode <laughs> is episode seven. What's the safe word again? It's a look at today's ever-evolving views on being politically correct and how it evolved within our lifetime. And as always, got the crew with me, got Minnie and the Zoom. What up, fam? Hello. Hey. <laughs> 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 the zoom with the weakest high in history it's like, it's like he went walking into Hoy. his house and he's just uh, sitting on his couch chilling oh, oh, hey. caught him coming out of the shower in a towel like hey what are you doing here piping slippers I was thinking yo a monocle top hat yo all yeah. of that stuff all That's the good stuff Not even, that, was like, that was like the polite hey that <laughs> a stranger in your friend's house so, so you go to your friend's house and there's just a random person there and you don't want to like, oh, hey, it's how's like, oh, it hey. going? <laughs> you know? I know you. <laughs> so <laughs> with today's episode, I thought it would be a good thing to kind of look at how being politically correct has not just evolved, but also in some ways almost hindered a lot of people. And no one actually knows what's what anymore, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, what they can say, what they can't say. Um, right from things like even uh, looking at Bill Maher, he had an entire show canceled that was called Politically Incorrect for being politically incorrect. Um, and then up to even... Including, and I even hate to mention it because it has been so overstated and so overdrawn in the media lately, but the slap heard around the world at the Oscars uh, with Will Smith and Chris Rock and how that was handled and how that became a huge issue um, and even got into political correctness territory on that. And just when is politically correct too politically correct? So I think that it's something that is worth exploring. So I know that there's a lot of old TV shows and old media that we indulge in that automatically, when you see it or you hear it, it is, oh, you couldn't get away with that today. You couldn't, you could not produce that script or that show in today's climate. Definitely. What is one of your favorite examples of that, Pyro? Oh, let's see. American Pie, first of all. And even going, like, long before American Pie, you had Dude, Where's My Car? Mm-hmm. Just those crazy-ass movies. Super Troopers. Like, Super Troopers would be really, really bland. It would be, yeah. Um Dazed and confused. Yes. Half baked. Yeah. This is so the many Zoom. movies. Team America. Like even though you've got yeah. South Park, but Team America in itself, like half the songs in that, like you just could not pull that off today. Not at all. There's not a chance. Nah. <laughs> now do you find that with shows and adult cartoons apparently um, being more of a thing or more recognized of a thing these days that when we were growing up with cartoons like The Simpsons and Ren and Stimpy, Beavis and Butthead, that sort of thing, 
do you feel that because of how politically correct the world has been turning, that those shows are trying to push boundaries even further to try to step out of that shell and find new ways to shock people? I haven't seen anything that has shocked me. Except there's that one show on Netflix. I haven't really watched too much of it. I've caught a few episodes, but it's an animated show. Um, can't remember the name of it. Oh my god! Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Yes. <laughs> See, I knew. <laughs> no. Big Mouth. Yes. Now, Big Mouth is very like they just don't give a shit. True. They, they write what they want and they do it. I think it might be the idea behind the show is just being comfortable within being uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and I just, oh, I boy. feel that a lot of that stuff, um, like Family Guy, for instance, very far off from where it started. Oh, yeah. You know, it Actually started out. It got canceled and came back and then started pushing even more boundaries. Yep. And from that, I think, came the birth of things like Rick and Morty, where yeah, just everything's fucked up in Rick and Morty. Like, there's oh, nothing in that show that I'm that. just like, oh, wow, that was wholesome. And and, it, and that's the thing. It's like they're gearing. It's so basically basically what's happening is we're no longer kids. We're all adults. And just some of our people who sat and watched Ren and Stimpy and. And Beavis and Butthead, they're all adults now. And so they mm-hmm. want to make content that like that that they can still enjoy. Like everything now, do you, you f- see on Adult Swim, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't for us. No. It's it's for the creators. That's like their home where they can make these just just flipping crazy ass shows. Now do you feel that things like that have almost desensitizes us to a degree when it comes to experiencing certain uh, situations or dialogue. Nizum? What do you mean by that? Like, in what sense? Like, in everyday... Everyday everyday scenario. It's just, I feel like a lot of people these days, they're not shocked anymore by what comes out of people's mouths. (laughs) They're not shocked by what they see or what they experience or... No, we're all desensitized. Uh, yeah, we're all Definitely. getting progressively like, more and more desensitized to everyday scenarios where 10 years ago it would have been like, oh my God. Like, I remember when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons, let alone Ren and Stimpy or Beavis and Butthead or King of the Hill. Um, but I wasn't even allowed to watch The Simpsons when I was growing up because my parents had deemed it so inappropriate. Where in the meantime, if you look at shows that are seemingly completely innocent, that are, you know, 15, 20 years old, and some of the themes and some of the things that they touch down upon uh, would be considered highly inappropriate in today's uh, culture. Um, For example, I was watching Gilmore Girls the other day. Yes, don't judge me. It's my happy place. But, <laughs> I was watching it the other day, um, and one of the characters had used the R word, uh, being 
in reference to a uh, mentally disabled person, um, which in today's climate is deemed to be extremely inappropriate. Yes. And I can think of about 10,000 other examples from shows back then that would be just as inappropriate if you look at things like Friends or Seinfeld, uh, Brazier, Cheers. I uh, can't think of any recent examples because I'm old, but <laughs> as you kind of go through the idea of what the shows were back then when we were in our formative years, you know, that's what we were exposed to. And now in today's day and age, it's nope, stop. You can't say that anymore. That is wrong. We have to say this or avoid that. Um, and it just feels like it's pushed entirely too far. What are your opinions? Well, my opinion is that a lot of a lot of like companies and conglomerates that own these TV stations, streaming services, they're a company. They have a vast audience and people are paying for like a lot of this stuff. So they kind of have to appease so they don't end up that lovely word that everybody seems to cringe. Every Cancel culture. Cancel. Yeah. Yeah. The beauty Don't of cancel culture. Like, I understand certain situations and like, yeah, people deserve to be punished if they if they broke the law or, you know, if they did we'll get we'll get to the meat and potatoes of it. But do yeah. I think it's getting crazy? It's hard to say. You know, like I'm I'm all about freedom of speech and all that stuff, but it's like a lot of things that people fail to realize when it comes to freedom of speech, like it, it only pertains to certain aspects. Like it's freedom of speech is your government can't tell you what to say, can't stop you from speaking, you know? Yeah. And that's a good point because I think a lot of people take that freedom of speech statement and blow it out of context yeah, of like freedom of speech means I can anywhere. say whatever the hell I want, anywhere. wherever I want to. Yeah. Um, and it's with everything else in life, exactly. No, because, and with, with everything, everything has consequences. Yep. And and a lot of times, like for instance, people get removed from stores. Like even when it came down to the masks. Mm-hmm. You know, when it came down to the masks, that is a private property. It's not public. It's not government. It's a private company, and they have a right just as much as anybody else does. And when you're walking into that establishment, you are agreeing to certain terms of service. Yeah. If that is a term of their service, then you either have to abide by it or go shop somewhere else. The old adage of no shirt, no shoes, no service. Exactly. But you can't shop pantsless because that's not expressly written anywhere. <laughs> now, Nazum, I know that you've... Oh. Continue. Before we quickly move on, do you ever feel that a lot of companies are just doing tick box exercises when it comes to kind of, you know, just jumping on bandwagons just because there are, because sometimes I kind of look at like things going on, like, it, and just to name a couple of things, like it might be uh, World Asian Day or World Heritage Day, LGBTQ Day, like, 
all of these are valid dead but like during that one period there'll be like spotlight is on that section but then for the rest of the period there's nothing else done like absolutely and do you ever get that kind of every everyone like these big companies just jump on this bandwagon just for that one period tick box exercise it's done we can nod smile pretend like we're we're doing stuff but yeah and you're absolutely correct but again it's a company Mm-hmm. You know, it's a company. They don't give a shit about us. No offense, companies. <laughs> I mean, they care about the I, profits. I don't know if that stands true for all companies because there are some companies that are out there that are um, very much so aware of uh, social consciousness and that you will have certain companies that will proudly display yeah. Yeah, proudly pride display. flags, for instance, yeah. all year round, yeah. where there's other companies that will wheel them up for pride month. And then as soon as the first for the next month hits, they're wheeling them down and folding them up and putting them away. Yeah. But so that's I, also because that, that company may have also just figured out who their demographic is. Okay. So that would be an interesting point as well, because what side of the demographic do you fall on until you're demonized? Me? I'm not a demographic. Not you personally. I mean, <laughs> no, and I'm just answering as, as far as I go. I'm, it's yeah. like, it's, so it's not, it goes, everything like, well, as far as political correctness, it kind of, it kind of goes like well beyond that. You know, it's kind of, this is like a very hard conversation to have. You know, and whilst being politically correct, well, not even while being politically correct, but like, all right. So there's some people who like know for a fact that they're douchebags and they don't give a shit and they say it, just say certain things and do certain things just to um, because that they don't like certain people and, you know, all that shit. Yeah. You know, we'll call them the racists. Um, Yeah. Racist bigots. You know, and you have those people who like are on one side and they're, you know, champion championing, you know? Yeah. And see, that was, that was kind of a, uh, leads into the question I was going to ask Nazum there, because I know that he has a lot more experience uh, with the crowd um, as I do than what you do pyro being that, in the LGBTQ community, not not saying that anyone here necessarily falls under that banner. I do. Um, I would I would qualify as a queer woman. Yeah. Now I have two moms. I can I can call myself queer and be fine with that. But so many times it's used as a derogatory term, and it seems like yes. it's being used even more so these days because of the fact that it's quote off limits have you witnessed a lot of that with the circles that you are a part of nizum well being that you're yes, in the uh, king yes, community and... as heavily as you have been i assume that you would have had a unique oh, insight and generally speaking most of the circles i ran in and and in in the uk it's such a small tight-knit community it was it's never been an issue like people could come and go now the the events that i used to go to everyone was welcome you know you could be uh you could be a couple uh 
doesn't matter what what where you fell in the spectrum, but there were certain events that were just tailored specifically for the LGBTQ community and no one else. And ultimately, I never experienced and there was never anything towards any negativity towards that community, not from, there was more negativity towards towards sex workers and escorts and all of that stuff because it's like, oh, look, they're into the, they come in here to try and poach clients or, you know, try and do this X, Y, and Z. And they're not really into this because they are going to go and sell their services and, and things. So that was that side, but never more towards the, okay, you are queer or you're, you fall under any of that banner. So, yeah, that, that community has always been open-minded about it. My... Well, I have had issues with all of this is being Asian. But it was more so my thoughts on, you know, you look back at, you know, playground banter and whatnot when we were kids and people are screaming at each other from across the playground as, hey, you F word or Q word or, you know, something along those lines. And teachers just walking by accepting it for what it was where today it's grounds for expulsion or at the very least suspension if those words are heard and it's a very difficult time right now because i feel as a parent more so i don't know if what i am teaching my children these days as to how to be appropriate and how to be um open-minded, kind, loving human beings is necessarily going to be what is acceptable 15 years from now. Well, I mean, all right. Being a parent is fucking difficult. There's no way around it. Being a parent is fucking difficult. And you can only expect so much from yourself as a parent. Mm-hmm. You can only take so only much take responsibility so. for your kids. You know, and I'm not just saying not this just because, saying you know, because, you know, I'm a parent, but also once I know this may be hard to believe, but I was also a kid who was also <gasps> a teenager <gasps> who became a young adult. Oh, no way. Yeah, I know. It's so hard to believe. <laughs> but, Holy crap. You know, no the matter what stuff my parents, Pyro. you know, no matter what my parents did. There was only so much that they could stop. You know, we can't protect our kids all the time. Well, okay. And so that brings me up to an interesting point as well, because we had touched briefly down on cancel culture there. Excuse me. Um, You have a son. Yeah. I have two sons. And if you look into the last couple of years um, with the Me Too movement, being the parent of a son how much does that terrify you that he's going to be on his first or second date maybe go in and lean in to give her a kiss or something you know being spontaneous and she's gonna freak out about it yeah well that's why like i i do have conversations with Aiden. you know uh, Mm -hmm. we, we talk a lot about respect you know, 
No well, that res- no. the respect <laughs> and the consent, consent uh, conversation is. But as an adult, I feel, you know, how much is consent too much consent? Like, a lot of the fun for me with dating has always been, you know, the sparks and the spontaneity and, you know, is he going to hold my hand? Is he going to do this, that, or the other thing? Or, you know, is he going to touch my leg? Like, those little things when you're first seeing somebody or if you're on a first date, they're so electric and amazing. We also came from, like, a very different time. Well, yes, and but now being in a time that I feel like we are kids, like adults kids. dating. Yeah, but a lot of this stuff is like people that are even just a few years y- younger than us. You know, every every year that you get older, it's like everything that you've experienced in your life is, is you know, like at that time is gone and our time is done. So we need to just enjoy our life. And what is left of it for our future. And now it's like the younger kids and their their generation is coming in. They're fighting for their stuff just like we used to fight for our stuff. My dear, you make it sound like we're 70. Well, no, but it's... it's, But see, the generational gaps are getting smaller. As far as things changing and evolving. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, think about where the human race was millions of years ago, hundreds of thousands years of years ago, and the time span between evolution, between you know, caveman. <laughs> well, I am very thankful that no longer is it being clugged over the head and dragged back to a cave. Yeah, but I mean, that's a comforting thought. Like the gaps between advancements. I guess, yeah. I don't know, are getting smaller and smaller. And we're more connected than today than we were back in the day. Back in the day, we were still outside hanging out with our friends. No instant contact. You had to either, you know, I'll call you at this time. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. You know, or yeah. even if you were lucky enough to have a computer in your house with internet dial up you can send a quick email or a message if you're on america online to a friend I see am. What they're doing but then once you left your computer that's it <laughs> okay so that yeah, brings up an interesting idea so- as to whether or not you feel social media and the evolution of the internet, as we've touched down on in previous podcasts, if that contributes to the overabundance of political correctness and offense today. And that's what I was just going to touch a touch on there is all of this concern that that it's, ties in quite nicely with with what you just just asked there. Like all of this possibly is required because twenty like when when we were growing up we for us if we we had top shelf magazines right and you would open it up and you see maybe some boobs and you know maybe a little bit of this a little bit of that you had the, the men's magazines like fhm and maxim and all the bad stuff but now everything is just instantly accessible on your phone so and 
you look around and there are like my my 10 year old nephew has a phone with access to the internet mm-hmm. yep and no one like as much as uh you can go in and look at the search history the first thing i learned as as a kid growing up with a computer was how to delete my search history my son like if i have my son's phone in my hand he gets mm-hmm. like that this look of like dread and fright it's like his whole life is passing <laughs> before his eyes well that and that was <laughs> i just look at him though i'm like but it's all right i'm not gonna go through your phone i don't want to see, see I d- <laughs> <laughs> and i don't go through my my teenager's phone my teenager's phone like obviously there's certain things i monitor but as to specifics that's his business mm-hmm. um but my router um will tell you what devices have accessed certain web pages and when you're seeing a bunch of uh, searches or a bunch of access to a certain site hmm. that is orange and black, and I'm looking, I'm like, well, that wasn't me. <laughs> and, <not> even home. <laughs> uh, and, you know, your husband's looking at you like, no, that's not my phone. You say, and you realize that you're a teenager. <laughs> um, and then you're just like, oh, fiddly D. So it's time for that conversation. <laughs> and it just, it's absolutely horrifying, by the way, as a parent, to discover that your child is watching pornography. Hmm. There's no part of that that isn't a shock to the system. <laughs> No, no, but to kind of wheel us back on track here, uh, one of my favorite memes, and I have it saved in my phone, and I will post it regularly. And Zoom knows probably better than anybody that I like very pointed, bland, dry humored memes to respond to things in a conversation. He had sent me a bowl of porridge the one day and I dubbed it as sad porridge, made it into a meme. So now when something is disappointing, I will send this meme to Nazum or vice versa that just says sad porridge and a picture of his porridge. You see? (laughs) Uh, One of my favorites is I am offended by this potato and it's a white screen and it is a picture of a potato and that is a... And when people are bickering on Discord or on Twitter or wherever, I will just post this stupid-ass potato as a means to diffuse the situation. Because See, I think everyone is finding so many things I, to get offended by that it feels like being politically correct is going to become essentially obsolete because everyone's going to be offended by everything. I mean, that, that might happen. That might be the, the next way of life, you know? Shit changes. It's it's hard. Having a conversation like this is is honestly so hard for me because I am a white male, a cis white male, straight. You know, I've never felt like 
particularly oppressed. Yeah. You know, I've never had anybody like walk in a supermarket and hear one person call another person be like, man, you're such a pyro. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know. To be fair, I use that quite regularly. As well, how you're but I'm just pulling saying, a pyro on us. It's one person and not like generations of people. You know? That's yeah, that's very true. And I'm not doing it to like, be an asshole towards you. Know, it's it's pyroisms. Yeah, it's pyroisms. I completely understand. But uh, so I've it's hard for me because I don't know. I've never walked a mile in in anybody else's shoes other than mine. And I yeah, what makes I, me feel comfortable and what makes me feel uncomfortable. I've and, been fairly privileged in my life being white. Um, and I am in a straight passing relationship being that I am married to a man. So until people find out through conversation or whatever have you that I am in fact queer um, or pansexual... Uh, you can all for some people, you could feel the attitude shift in an instant. As soon as they find out that little piece of information, they act completely different towards you. And I have faced certain things being female, not nearly to the extent of other races. Um, and other females in different races because as a white female even still my privilege is high exceeding most uh nizum what is your experience with it being asian oh <laughs> yeah lifelong <laughs> it's always something um well you two were once privy no names or anything like that but you two were once privy to that conversation where mm-hmm. i was not classed as Asian or identified as Asian. Like, I, when it comes to, like, I know the first time I come to either Canada or America and we're out and about and we're we're having fun and I'll be drunk and I'm going to end up going up to someone and saying, can I bum a fag off you, mate? And to me, that is just me asking for a cigarette. You You go to any... You go to any pub in the UK and say that to someone, and they'll just be like, yeah, but you can have one, and just mm-hmm. without a cigarette. But my understanding is if I say that to someone in Canada or America, I'm like, you get punched in the face because, yeah. you know. But, Absolutely. Yeah, but there's, there's, like, there's certain words, like, that we can't say in other countries because it may not be the exact word, but it sounds like it. You know, and it offends, could offend. Well, it doesn't even have to go that far. Like, you can walk up to somebody in, you know, in a Zoom stack of the woods, and for anyone who is going to find this word offensive, apologies. I personally don't. But you can walk up to somebody and call them a right cunt. And it's fine. Do that in Chicago. (laughs) And you're getting laid out in the street. You can say that to anyone in the UK and they'll just be like, yeah. And it, it's just, you know, just, it's in the part of everyday language. I don't use the word personally myself, but, um, yeah, like, in terms of, for me, as long as someone's not being racist, like, not calling, the, the biggest issue I have with, with everything is the P word. Uh 
being called Stan with of the short form of Pakistani. Um, mm-hmm. That for me is the big one. Like you say that to me, you are gonna like I will get literally stop what I'm doing and I will stand there. And either are you? I wouldn't get violent, but I will mouth off and I will stand up for myself. Um, but generally speaking, when it comes to PC stuff, I even I get uncomfortable with knowing what's right and what's wrong, what not to say. So it's not just I it's it's not just an uncomfortable subject for, for the two of you because I'm in that same position. Like, am I saying the right thing? Like I think it is for everybody. And that's kind of the whole point um of this episode is that so many people are getting so uncomfortable with what they can and cannot say that I feel more people are becoming either one of two sides, extremely introverted, because if you keep to yourself, you can't possibly say the wrong thing. Or, as we've seen more of lately, outrageously extroverted about it. And, you know, you have the trucking convoy, you have, you know, people hooting and hollering all over TikTok and Twitter, and everyone is under the opinion that their opinion means the most and what they've dubbed to be correct or politically incorrect is what stands and whatever you have to say about it does not matter because essentially you don't get to choose how your words affect another person. The effect is there once the words exit your mouth. And I know that all of us have experienced it, or we wouldn't be uncomfortable with it. Correct? Correct. Cool. So, yeah. I mean, I think that for Nazum, a lot of it, with what you're talking about in terms of uh, being Asian and that sort of thing, is there a part of you that allows for cultural ignorance? Cultural ignorance? <laughs> Go ahead, bud. Yeah. So I so I will always make the effort to to say, look, okay. I will try and explain. I will always try my best to not get offended immediately and you know, give someone not like trying to educate. If someone said something that I'm not happy with because of cultural ignorance, I will do my best to try and explain to them. Now, if they choose not to listen, then, yeah, I can, I'll, I'll start piping up a bit and, um, and so on. But generally speaking, I, I give, I always give people opportunity. Now, I can say I am 100% worldly in, in my, in my knowledge. I'm pretty sure for cultures, I have no idea Right? And if I ever make a mistake, I would like someone to be able to say, you're what? You're wrong there? Like, I don't know anything about the indigenous people um, because it's not something we're taught here in the UK. Like, it's not part of our curriculum. It never was. It's not part oh, of our my. history lessons. It's, um, uh, it's not... Like, we focus more on... Like the Roman Empire, the British Empire, World War Two, that kind of thing. So, the 
that side of things, like, it's still one of those things that I have no idea. I, like, I have very limited knowledge of it. So I'm always doing it because I know I've got, now I've got, you know, I have friends in America, in Canada, who are, who have, um, their heritage, uh, and, and their background and, 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 and so on comes from, stems, uh, I'm trying to find the words, uh, so, and so, yeah, but, if I say something wrong, I want people to be able to say, you know what, you're, I want people to give me an opportunity to learn and grow and kind of correct and the grow mistake. And, mm -hmm. yes. and I will sit back and I will accept it. And you know what, I'll, I'll apologize and say, you know what, I didn't mean to offend. And I'm the nicest person on this planet. And I'll give someone that same courtesy as well. Now, um, that being the case, if you feel, if it was approached that way with majority of things do you feel that it would go over better as a whole in society pyro um it would be better it would be better if everybody just took the time to sit and have a conversation about it you know get a better understanding instead of screaming it out on twitter yeah but, I mean, yeah, if someone says one wrong thing and all of a sudden it's 4,000 comments about how they're a bigot and an asshole, but not yeah. one of them is like, okay, but this is well, why. You know, and like, but at the same time, there is like a large portion of people who are just pushing stuff out there just to push stuff out there. Oh, absolutely. And so I know it's, I've, sorry, continue. No, it's just, so it's, again, like, I'm pretty sure that if I was the, let's say I was the only straight white male in the, in the world, you know, <laughs> every time I went on social media or turned on the TV or opened a book or walked by somebody or, you know, and there was always like negative words and negative things just always looking at my way of life as negative, what toll that would take on me. Yeah. And on both sides, there's assholes everywhere. You know, and there's people everywhere and all sides of this argument who have somebody in their community who just wants to say something just to fight, just to yell, just for the drama, just for, for the, the attention. attention. And yeah, look at me sides. syndrome. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I mean, it's, 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 it's very true, stop. too. Yeah, and we're seeing that a lot more, too. And we always knew those people in high school, you know, physically you would see them come to school and they would have a new you know, boyfriend drama or a pregnancy scare or a broken bone or, you know, something happening with them that the focus was continually on them. And now we just have a much larger playground, so to speak, that, yeah. you know, we're just seeing a lot more of it fly at us all at once. Yeah. But I've always taken the stance that, because I get questions um, fairly frequently about um, what it means to be uh, Polly Pan and that sort of thing and what my sexuality is and uh, 
what is appropriate pronouns and everything else. And, See, and I will explain it to you, but it's not my job to give you the history on the LGBTQ. Yeah. If you want to know more about it, if you are that curious about it, I could explain my part about it. Yeah. But it's or, up to you to research the rest. Yeah. Or you could just, yeah. you know. Yeah, start at the, the March at Stonewall and work your way across. <laughs> and you'll generally find <laughs> you know, do a everything. Google. Yeah, Google. Google, it exists for a reason. You know, and then even still, if you don't want to take the time to figure it out and, and all that stuff, just apologize and just call it a day. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's where a lot of it comes from and where council culture specifically was born in was people not willing enough to have a conversation and just blaming people and canceling people and screaming at people and demonizing them. There were without, certain things. There were certain things. There were that, certain things that obviously, I mean, no, no on, I'm I mean, saying that, there was definitely with, certain things where it was just like, that's crazy. Like why? Like, yeah, exactly. Like you really understood where that was coming from. Like with Harvey Weinstein, you're like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that I, I understand. He's a piece of shit. See you later, bud. Yeah, <laughs> but then you look again. Like you look we had at this conversation, like... though. The only thing about that whole situation, which really pisses me <laughs> off, okay, this really pisses me off, is when as soon as that hashtag started and these stories came out, everybody mm-hmm. was just like, "Oh my god, no way, no way." <laughs> Are you, like, for real? Like, shut up. Like. Yeah. And I don't mean that, like, shut up, don't, don't, you know, don't accuse your, you know, in that way. But don't act surprised Yeah, this has been going on. Well, if you look at. No, I wasn't either. As an audience member, as a person who's not even in the industry, but has watched plenty of movies and TV shows where. There was always a certain area in film where if there was a movie being made inside the movie, there was always that running plot line where the actress was getting, you know, approached by the director or a producer or that there's people in that industry that act that way. Well, and that if you look at it, even and I do not particularly care for her i'll put that out there but you look at rose mcgowan she's been yelling about it for years now or even Corey feldman you know how how long he was yelling about the mistreatment of youths in the industry and And no one ever listened to him yeah and oh he's that crazy guy hooked on drugs well you ever stop and wonder why yeah exactly just because there's like kids that don't get abused in you know, it's just like the real world. You know, not every parent beats their kids, you know, but yeah. there are like a few unlucky kids two, who are in households yeah. where their parents do, in fact, beat their ass. Yeah. They, and all they of a treat sudden... Corey Feldman like he's like a lunatic, but it's like maybe he was touched and maybe he does yeah. know kids that were touched. Just because these people didn't get touched doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Fascinating. And that's interesting but because we had like the age of the internet and you could have that me too mo- movement right but look at what the whole jimmy savile incident right where where that was known about it was like 
the the industry's dirty little secret. People knew or had their suspicions it was going on. No one stood up. But yeah, no, there, there was more yeah. than suspicions. Yeah, There's dare more I say than it? Suspicions. It's just Jeffrey Epstein. Same they difference. see it as this: what's going to happen to me? This guy gets yeah. me all these jobs. What's going to happen to me next? How is this going to work out? And, you know, that's such a and it's a good example as to where we're at, because, you know, you look at that mentality, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Of, if I don't sleep with this director or if I don't go home with this producer, where is my career going to be? Where's my next meal coming from to to not talking about it because no one's going to believe you. Everyone's going to demonize you. You're going to lose your career. So you just put up with it and you will be uh, molested it's or like, do you think they assaulted put those or scenes, raped. But question, do you and, think they put those things in those scenes to like kind of make it normal? Probably. Yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, that sort of thing you know, like, uh, going on to normalize it. So it could be like, well, people are entertained by it. But you look at that form of it, that that's what women more so than men, not to say it didn't happen to men, but but women more so than men had to endure this. this. In this specific case, you know, know, no means no, but (laughs) yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. But even, Um, even in certain movies, you even see that where they're attacked and it's like they run out of the room and the secretary's just staring like, Oh, another one. Yeah, it's like, oh, there goes another one. Yeah, like, this is just something that happens on a regular basis. And those ideas come from somewhere. Yeah, and, you know, same. Yeah, and you look at, again, uh, the way that women were treated. Yeah, in in old age sitcoms. Older sitcoms, I should say, where, you know, a female walking by and getting a slap on the ass in the office was completely fine. Shit, even Judy you know, Garland was getting sexually harassed by the little people in Munchkinland. I, you know what? Her story completely breaks my heart into a thousand pieces. Mm-hmm. For anyone who doesn't know the Julie Garland story, I can't speak but, to yeah, Judy Corey Garland. Corey Feldman is crazy. Look he into he it. Know what he's talking about? Yeah, no, he. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And it's funny because if you even look at him in appearance today and what the stress of everything has done to him and you're going to just tell me that it was nothing. But whatever. You know, he's the crazy one. Getting back on track. (laughs) Um, with With the cancel culture movement that started... We saw a lot of the reverse on it, too, where there were people being thrown under buses that didn't deserve to be there. Um, more notably, like Aziz Ansari, where oh, yeah. he had a date that went bad, and all of a sudden he has to cancel tour dates because he's being called a uh, misogynist all over Twitter. It's the, and it's, it's, I, I struggle so hard with this conversation. Because it's like, it's social media. Mm-hmm. Like, does life not exist beyond social media? For a lot of people, no, it doesn't. That's where we get majority of our information. 
it's where we get our news every morning and where we talk about you know this podcast even we advertise for that or you know we get our daily time in with our friends online through discord or twitter or Mm -hmm. oh i wonder who's up to what or some people like there's some people i only stay in touch with family wise over facebook yeah well like you know discord discord's a little safer i would assume i would guess for getting in contact with people because you can create your own servers and only have people that you want in those servers to be in those servers Mm -hmm. so i feel like discord's more of like a safer place for people just i mean yeah essentially but using it just as an example for you know is it life beyond social media absolutely but where is most of our information from now? Oh. Even news networks, reputable it's news like networks will say, and today day, on Twitter. Back in the day, like even before we were born, it was just like Sally Mae in the kitchen baking a pie. And old <laughs> Mrs. Rudolph from across the street coming over to spill the tea. <laughs> Did you hear about Margaret? <laughs> well, and I think that that has a lot to do with you know, it too. But... But that was it. It was contained to yeah. those areas or the beauty parlor or the barber shop. Like even the guys, the barber shop, the friggin' garage. Mm-hmm. You know, you would always, pe- the conversations were a lot more closed when for us growing up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, where you could sit in a group of three or four people. And, and have a conversation. And if you said something about somebody or that was taken the wrong way, you still had something like plausible deniability where you could be like, I, know, I never said that. They misunderstood me. Yeah. You had the opportunity for explanation. But we were always in our own pairs. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean everybody was segregated. I just mean like it, it could have been like a small group of friends who were all different nationalities. And well, everyone had clicks. Yeah. Everybody had clicks. Your clicks. And yeah. you, you're in a, you're comfortable there because mm-hmm. those are your type of people, you know, versus now you're not hanging out with just a couple of people. You got like 1300 people <laughs> that you're hanging out with on yeah. a daily basis, commenting back and forth on your different posts and pictures and retweets and hashtags. And, yeah, and even further reach than that. Yeah, well, and at the same time, it's like, it's like, all right, so <laughs> being on Twitter, right, and having a trying to have a, a normal conversation with somebody, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, would be like in real life back in the nineties. If let's say me and you are uh, hanging out, just having a conversation, and three random people just came in and just said, uh, "Hey, well, you know what?" <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I was listening at what you guys were saying right now, and I have to say I completely dis- disagree. No, this, you know, that stuff didn't happen. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I never thought it would. It absolutely because would. Because you're, you're not just having a with private... your and just four people sit down and start talking and start about talking, how your opinion's you know? wrong. <laughs> so it's like you can't have a private conversation on Twitter. You, when you're when you put something out on Twitter, it's not just for you. It's not just for your followers or who you think you're just following. Everybody could possibly see that. Well, look at Kevin Hart. 
when he was set to host the Oscars, which was a lifelong dream of his, yeah. was to host the Oscars, and it got kiboshed over a few, maybe not the best worded, but misunderstood tweets Yes, that he put out in 2008. <laughs> and that's the thing. So what they the, there should be a point where we have a conversation about it. We listen to what the guy has to say. We let him lead by example. Yeah, because how are we uh, gonna evolve to get to where everybody wants to be? If you can't allow a person to learn from a mistake, to be human, and give or them an, we eventually gonna see it all to collapse on and itself evolve and become a better person and. And be better and do better. If we can't allow them the chance, then why is anybody gonna bother even trying? If one mistake, you just write them off. Yeah, and that, see, that was my that was my next point. Is at what point do people just stop giving a shit because it's something to learn new every minute of every day of what's offensive and what isn't? But at the same that time, people though, are just not going to care anymore. But at the same time, though, that's entertainment. Well, yeah, but watching everybody fall into complete anarchy because no one cares about what anyone's saying because it's taken on the complete reverse effect. Yeah. But, you know, it's for like me, it would be one thing blowing. if he was just like, yeah, you know what? Fuck you. I said what I said and I'll say more stuff. And, you know, <laughs> I guess then it just comes down to who's the bigger guy. You know, but if. <laughs> Like, you know, like, understand that sometimes things can be said differently. A joke can even be made differently, approached differently. Mm-hmm. You know. Or when describing something like a physical act of violence. Yes. Especially on a minor. <laughs> especially on a minor that is your kid. Well, I was more so referring to the idea of... Well, because his joke, uh, wasn't it that, like, if he would beat his son? Well, there was that, too. But <laughs> it was more so in reference to the uh, infamous slap heard wrote in the world now. When it happened, it was referred to as a bitch slap and was described as feminine because it was weak. Oh, see. that's Oh, that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that... Yeah, it's uh, no, no. Well, you know this person. Oh, oh wait. There's no such. There's no such thing as talking about. uh, What's his name? Oh no, we're rolling. Kevin Hart. We passed that. <laughs> oh, all right. We passed it. All right, that all right. was just an example so, reference. All right, let's speed me up now. I we we warm hold. <laughs> Are you high? Uh, possibly. I plead the seventh. What is the seventh? Is I there have, a seventh? I have no idea right now. I'm Canadian. I have no idea. I'm I have sure no idea how many is. amendments and where there are. I'm sure there is. I just don't know from off the top of my head. To be honest, I only know the important ones. <laughs> the podcast has come off the rails. 
at this point. All right, so who were we just talking about? I could have sworn we were still talking about Kevin Hart. All right, anyways, but then you said the (laughs) pitch, the slap that's been heard across the world. So now we moved on to Chris. We're tough. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we were talking about a certain individual that we all know. um, Like, stating that that. Yes. Okay. Um, referred to it as a bitch slap and very feminine because it was weak. Um, And I. Yes. I don't know. I know that a lot of people listening to this don't really know me very well. Some of you do. Um, I am not one person that gets offended easily at all. You could pretty much say anything to me and I'm probably going to laugh about it because I literally do not give a flying fuck. And you know what? There's probably like hundreds of females that could beat that person's ass. (laughs) However, being a woman... Having squeezed three human beings out of this body and surviving cancer. Anyone who calls my gender weak, I get particularly testy. Just saying. Yeah. (laughs) It's one of those things that I I think we uh, touched down on it a bit in bonus shots. When we had our bonus episode, look for that. FYI. Just gratuitous plug. Trying to figure out where to break it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, about how no. people will use things like pussy in a derogatory way. What were you, you know, saying, Nizim? No, no, no. That's okay. Carry on, sorry. <laughs> Real quick. I've been called pussy by more females than I have males. Just saying. See, and I don't understand that. Because you flick a testicle, the man's going down. Like, literally. Where, you know, again, three human beings. And they weren't small. (laughs) And I'm still ticking, so I'm just saying. I mean, I don't understand why people use it as a derogatory. And yet, everyone keeps saying that. That's not politically incorrect. You can still call someone a pussy. You might get frowned at. But you can still do it. Now, just here's a yet. question: Do you find yet. do you <laughs> find the term "bitch slap" is it's bitch slapping someone offensive? Because over here, that's just normal. Like it's not you could be a male and be a bitch. Well, like, right. it's See, a I don't. Side. Have you ever been bitch slapped? It fucking hurts like a motherfucker. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like a lot of people think that bitch slapped was like, meaning like you slap like a female. But from my understanding, bitch slap came from a term when a pimp used to slap one of his clientele. That was a pimp slap. Yeah, it's but... But we weren't able to say that anymore because it was politically incorrect. But that's... That's, you know, bitch slap when you would have to slap your bitch. Not that you slap like a bitch. A bitch. But that's, see, I don't consider being called a bitch derogatory either. I, I, you know, I'm not condoning that. I'm just trying to explain that there's a difference. Someone calls me a bitch, I'm inclined to thank you. For me... 
I, I kind of think Will Smith could have, you know, used a punch rather than a slap because, you know, Mike Lowry and, you know, action superstar and all that. I wouldn't have called it a femme, but not the word I would have gone for because slaps hurt just as much. But, no, we'll see. you know. Here's here's the thing, too. Everybody's an, uh, analyzing it like, oh, why didn't he just punch him? Why didn't he do this? Because a slap is far more insulting. There's more. Yeah, very much so. There's more. Like, it's sending a message. You know, like, he, he's not trying to kill He's slapping guy. a bitch, essentially, at that point in time. He's Call back to the bitch slap reference. But yes. Yeah, it's. it's... Well, that it's. But why? Why even... did it? Long time in a ago, world though, that you was... can't even look at someone the wrong way without getting yelled at for it. Why was why do you feel a physical altercation was necessary in that instance? I don't feel like it was necessary, and I don't feel like there was any excuse for it. And Will was wasn't making an excuse for it afterwards. He knew he mm-hmm. was wrong. You know, he and he was uh, suspended from attending the Oscars yeah, for the next ten know, years. There's pictures of him, you know, smiling and doing whatever. But I mean, what the fuck? You got to live your life. You just got to keep going. You can say he can't take it back. He can't stop. He can't go back in time. Doc Brown's not going to be like Will Smith. We're well, going to go, <laughs> gonna go back Fair. in time. We're, we're going. Vanity Fair had put out a, p- a piece today about how. They feel that for Will Smith to truly be sorry that he should return his Oscar. But why? And that's what I said. I was like, oh, that ain't why? it. Like, like, you missed the mark. To restore the prestige behind it. I don't agree because, with what he did. No, but he worked for that. His performance was his performance. Yeah. And that was it. He's human. Yes, he made a mistake. He made a mistake. He's been under a shit ton of pressure. And people are going to be like, well, you know, I've never done anything like that. Well, yeah, that's you. You are you. You But in reality, in a room of that many people, every person there is going to say they never got into a fight. We all don't know about anybody else's life experiences or how the Mm -hmm. world is seen from behind anybody else's eyes but your own. You could read as many books as you possibly can, and you could talk to as many people as you can, but still, you're never going to know what it's like to be somebody else, to feel what somebody else feels, what, what anybody else is thinking, what, what, what goes on in their head. You know, mm-hmm. all you know is your own personal experiences. And yeah, you can talk to somebody and be like, oh, have you ever done this? And they're going to be like, oh, no, I've never done that. And fucking who knows? They probably did it seven times before you even came over. But well, yeah, <laughs> there's that side but, of it too. You know, we don't know no. what was going on in that guy's head prior to even showing up. There could have been mm-hmm. an argument in the car with Jada. There could have been so many different things. It may not even be Jada related, but it, it's been. It no could be stress related. It, there's no secret that this dude has been in the on fucking the Twitter, on the Facebook, on the Insta, Instagram, on the MySpace, and more negative situations in the history of him being famous. There's a lot going on. His wife cheated Mm -hmm. on him with his son's best friend. You know, there, and he had one of the cleanest reputations in Hollywood for a reason. Yeah. 
and and even like in 2008 there was a live instagram video or some some shit like that and and it's making its rounds again where it looks like he just woke up you know and he's in his kitchen and jada just comes running in with the camera like saying oh we have our therapist coming in for the red table talk and he's looking at her and he's just like oh i watched that earlier today you know, and and some people are like, man, he's an ass. It's like, no, he's in his house. Like, is it when when can it's a person just be? Especially when you're famous. Like, and he you really get five minutes to yourself. You know? yeah. <laughs> you he hasn't personally like, put himself out there since the Oscars. So for her to be shoving a camera in his face at a time that he doesn't particularly want to be seen. Yeah, well, no, this video was like from years ago. Was it from years ago? Yeah, this this specific one. And yeah. it's recirculating. And you could just see, like, he looks fucking tired. And she's jamming a camera in his face. And he just, like, he just want, he I looked like he was going in the kitchen to make a sandwich. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah, he couldn't just go video. make a sandwich. And he's just like, listen, you gotta give me the heads up before you put me on camera. You know, like, boundaries. Yeah. Well. What there would be interesting time? If I was him, I would be just as <laughs> aggravated. Like, there's gonna be times when your husband came in the fucking room and said something or like started like busting your chops about something, and you were just like, "What the fuck?" Like, I just walked in here, you know? Uh, yeah, we both, my husband and I, have learned the hard way not to do that to each other. <laughs> but now, imagine, imagine that happening all the time, but. With millions of people on Instagram fucking watching it live. <laughs> yeah, no. Absolutely you know, like, not. That, that. <laughs> like, absolutely and, and everybody not. has a comment about it. And everybody, everybody's just like making it a thing. Like, here's an idea. Let them fucking live their life. Let them figure their shit out. Figure your shit out. Worry about what's going on in your fucking life and why you're fucking sitting there commenting on a video of Jada Pinkett and Will Smith having an argument. <laughs> yeah. Now, what will be interesting is how what will come in terms of his career and whether or not his actions there will affect his any roles it has that he already. may. It already has with being uh, suspended from the Academy for the or from the Oscars for the next 10 years. Ten years anybody who no wants to make an Academy movie. Yeah, yeah no one who's going to want that award is going to hire him. <clears throat> Everyone wants how it looked like. Everyone well, that's the that goal. Yeah. We might see him in an Adam Sandler movie. That's true. No, you know, I'm just kidding. Nicholas Adam Cage. Sandler's best friend is Chris Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. The Golden Globes, like <laughs> there's always TV. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't know if the Academy has their hands in that either, because it's all of their stuff, not yeah, just the Oscars. They're all owned by one giant thing. Oh. Yeah. It's all of their stuff. So I'd be curious There's to see exactly award. what that entails. There's the SAG yeah. award. And that's, see, that's going to be the most trickiest one because that's a, technically, that's a union. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, you're all in that union. So it's like at my job, for instance, like when someone says that they're going to call the union on me, I laugh. I'm like, all right, go ahead. What are they going to do? Yeah, They're going to talk to me. That's it. <laughs> I pay them just as much as you do. 
We're in the yeah, same Yeah, my union. husband is in a union as well. It's like, well, they um, can't do anything to me because then yeah. I can sue them <laughs> because I pay them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he works uh, in the ironworking union. Yeah. Mind and... you, it was always stuff that wasn't like no rules or regulations were being broken. It's just I work with them. Yeah, a lot of politics Smart there. People. I have learned a lot about unions that I probably didn't want to know about over the years. That in my own career, I mean, has unions put me in touch with quite a few. Driven. Oh my God. Yeah, they but that headache brings home. Like when even when I was younger, my dad would come home and be like, oh, fucking union and blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, what the hell's the problem? Well, now that I'm married to a union man, I'm just like, I get that. <laughs> I get why my father was so pissed off. <laughs> yeah, there was always drama. There is always drama when you, when you have it. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. But I don't know how he got here. So, but... <laughs> well, because oh, that is going to be interesting is at the SAG Awards. Like, is he going yes. to be allowed there? How are they going to handle it? Maybe they have their own clauses within becoming a member that certain stipulations could prevent you from A, B, and C. But we won't know that until it's either announced or the SAG Awards happen. True. Um, will he still make movies? Yeah, I'm sure there'll still be people who will work for him, work with him. I mean, he could possibly even, if he's got any money, produce his own film. Figure it out. A yeah. Way to get it going. Well, and see, that was one of his things as he was producing and financing a film um, that recently got shit-canned. Was that with Netflix? Uh, no, that's been put on hold as well as Bad Boys 4. Yeah, so whatever he was, whatever got shit-canned, he could take and fucking try and recoup his losses and do something else. else. And and the, the cool thing about today, though, again... The, the, about the internet is he could just make it and then just fucking stream it somewhere. Just play. That's true, and there will always be an audience for he that. He could put it on fucking YouTube. Yeah. You know? There would be an audience for that because there are people that agreed with what he did, there are people that disagreed, and there are people that just no longer give a fuck. I mean, do I agree with what he did? No. No, not at all. Do I agree with the joke that Chris Rock made? You know what? It depends. You're in the public eye. You have to accept the fact that these things are going to happen. It's the 94th Academy Awards. You're going to tell me you didn't watch any of the other 93 of them? And the other thing is... You know how this shit works. He could have went so many other places. Could have been like, I can't wait to see you on the next Mr. Clean uh, commercial. I can't wait for the Annie remake when when you take over for Mr. Daddy Robux. Or, you know, like he could be a teacher base, ways, right? Many ways yeah. he could have went with that, but he picked G.I. Jane. Now, yeah. G.I. Jane is a fighter. That character well. is a strong female lead, inspiring. Like, she didn't give up. Beautiful. You know, she fought and clawed and yeah. worked her way, you know, to, you know, her plot line in the film. Yeah. I don't know. There are many, and you're right, there are many worse things to be compared to. If, because I'm bald, and Chris Rock was just like, I can't wait to see you in the next Die Hard, I would have been like, fuck yeah. (laughs) But that's just me, you know? That's just me. Yeah. I'm not Jada Pinkett Smith. I'm not 
Will Smith. So I don't know what was going but, on. But I mean, and it's not the first time that Chris Rock has taken digs at the Smiths. I mean, it has happened in the past. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, that could be a that's rivalry all of them. that, that we don't know about. But that is how it works. You have to expect, especially if you're the guy up for best actor, your t- the attention's going to be put on you. That's how it works. The other time that Chris Rock took a dig um, at Jada Pinkett Smith was when she was protesting the Oscars. Want to know what my biggest question is, though? What's that? Why do we all give two fucking shits about the Oscars? I honestly... <laughs> If it wasn't for this specific why, instance, why? Because I remember I got offline with you guys. I went to check my phone because hashtag SOS could be an ad. It's up to you. But why um, is it such like a like why why has it become even such a recurring. conversation piece? I think that it's only a conversation piece because it has to generate popularity somewhere because it is dying. So a lot of the stuff is put out by the Academy itself to generate that press. So yeah. people, because it's always something. It's why, always why something. Why do we even give a shit who got best actor, best whatever? Why Why do we even put so much fucking feeling into that and excitement? And it's like, oh, I hope he wins. It's like they fucking well, get paid to pretend. <laughs> but at the same point. They sorry, get paid to, to pretend. But hey, you want to know what? <laughs> but you have to agree. Our health insurance a movie, is fucking crazy. A film buff and a movie fan as you are i am i am uh, but... that there's a huge difference between the acting that had to go into a film when the oscars were conceived and had started versus now all right look well, at movies 94 know... years ago that was an art form i i want to know why we don't see the award show of the people who were holding up that fucking microphone for 10 fucking hours why doesn't he get to go up and fucking say I was the best microphone holder? You know, like there's a lot of people. Yeah, you know that work you don't have the movies. Oscar for best cameraman. You know, but that's you? what I'm saying. But there's so many that probably fucking work a lot harder <laughs> to make yeah, that the, movie. The PR that had to get you your half pump, yeah, double you know, skinny, fucking, shaken, not stirred upside down, well, backwards. There needs to be latte. like an assistant award. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Thomas wins for assistant who put up with the most shit. And save the swag bags for them. All right, and that's the other thing. Not I the feel like the more wealthy anyway. you are, the more free shit you get. How fucking yeah. backwards is like that? Like, I've got a ton of money, oh, but why spend it when everybody just gives me stuff? <laughs> you, know? you get a Mercedes. But then they're like, I don't understand why we haven't solved world hunger yet. <laughs> Well, there you go. Like There's fucking, too much plastic. You know, we got schools that fucking can't things. teach kids and teachers that are barely fucking making a dime. But yeah, yeah. We're, we're all okay to spend all this money on stuff like that. And then, like, then they get a swag bag, you know, like fucking yeah, lipo suction. Yeah, they get a swag bag. That's like, <laughs> You're going to get a 25% ludicrous, coupon like and get lipo. $1,000. No way. That's and not and, swag and bag. the the, the scariest yeah. thing is though is for the longest time like we we all get our political advice from these guys. That's true too, and some of them are now becoming politicians. You know, and it's like they don't fucking know what it's like to be you. 
even even those who at one point in time maybe had had it difficult, they've forgotten about that years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's nuts. Like I don't know, random fucking thoughts of Pyro, and this is what keeps me up at night. <laughs> yeah, somehow this has devolved into the problems with Hollywood. But you know what? I'm going. But with political that. correctness and it was born from Hollywood privilege. Everything that, see, and this goes back to certain conversations that we've had, like about being, like watching TV is going to cause me to go shoot somebody. Playing a violent video game is going to cause me. And, and I hated that back when I was yeah, younger. I was, just, was like, oh, you know, no, first the metal music are going to make that, you murderers. Say that we weren't led a certain way by entertainment would be false because we have yeah but how much influence is influence like there's a difference between it influencing what you're wearing uh, but, or but what kind of music we, you listen to or well, a hairstyle it's like versus back, murdering yeah. someone well no 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 but i just meant in general like 90s was all about embrace your sexuality be free you know drugs music rock and roll and guess what? Yeah, drugs, music, rock and roll. That was fucking great. <laughs> 90s yeah. were fucking awesome, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, you live you that lifestyle now. Cues from high school popularity, clicks, and stuff like that. But we were also getting a lot of, like, what we would wear, our attitude, how we treated each other socially yeah from i was the goth kid tv you know like granted if there was a show where somebody was just going on a shooting spree obviously you're not gonna fucking do that because i mean a majority but of that's what still I'm know saying. right I'm from saying. wrong but stuff like that definitely sets the tone for generation interesting you were the goth kid. I was the blanket. <laughs> and that's not PC anymore. So <laughs> I was a goth kid in a time that it wasn't trendy yet. I was but as I, Uniqua. <laughs> as I was still that person, then it got trendy. So it was kind of this weird flip around, um, which I really was pissed off about. But the majority of my wardrobe is still the same as it was back in high school. I was the backyard again, Uniqua. I did not know. I just, I didn't. Wasn't that what we dubbed a Zoom last podcast? Yeah. Is that he was Uniqua because no one could figure out what the fuck he is? Yeah, well, well, that was in a different nature. But when it came to, like, high school, like, I didn't know where high I High school, you were the Uniqua. Yeah. Like, no longer I, a Pablo. <laughs> For most of my life, I fucking my mom dressed me. I had fucking shaggy hair and Sarah, Jesse, Raphael, right? Glasses, yeah, right. I fucking feel you on Agent that one. I had no decisions braces, on what I fucking did with myself. Braces. My my button up shirt would be tucked in, buttoned all the way to the top. Pants were high, not only high waters, but fucking tight. Mm hmm. I got picked on a lot no. as, as a kid. Oh, oh I, I do too. I, I feel you. I feel you. I, took, my... I got rid of my glasses, changed my whole persona. I stopped getting picked on, but I still didn't know 
which direction to go? Like, am I alternative? Do I, am I goth? Do I hang out with the, well, I can't hang out with the jocks. I can't play football or baseball or basketball or volleyball. <laughs> I was just me and got classified into that category because that's, I guess, what I looked like or what was most tolerable for me. But I, I was the same everybody. way. Like, my mother picked out my clothes. I wasn't allowed to decide how my hair was done. I wasn't allowed to uh, what I did, what I said, how I acted. None of it was my decision. It was all based on what my mother yeah. wanted. Oh. I was lucky enough where it was the reason why my mom dressed me was because I was fucking lazy. It wasn't, you know, I didn't care. Right, whatever, just buy me whatever. No, I don't want to pick it out. You just get it. You know? I just had a really controlling mother. I, see, I didn't experience <laughs> that. I did not. I Once I started trying to find my own sense of fashion, I, I mm-hmm. could freely dress however I want. Obviously, I couldn't just fucking run out of my house in a Speedo and a tube top. But oh, please do that one day. A <laughs> video of that shit. I'll do it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I want to see that. My neighbors will be like, What the fuck is actually they already do that? So it don't matter. <laughs> Probably hear me see, yelling I... at fucking two o'clock in the morning and be like, Yeah, it's not but a for penis. the record. <laughs> for the record, draw. if you suppress your child and dress her and do her hair and no, don't was... let her have a decision on what she looks like, you end up with this. And, nope, and you end up with the person that is coming through the door at 15 and pierced up and tattooed up with purple hair. Just saying. Yep. Prepare no. yourself. Let your if kids I wanted to dye my hair, my mom was like, all right. Fine. Because I could think- just shave it off. So that's the <laughs> difference. But the one thing she wouldn't let me do is get a tattoo or a piercing. She was uh, my so parents never piercing. condoned it. I shouldn't say that. My mother, oddly enough, same woman. I, but anyway, the life the of mother is, is a different though, podcast. My mom wouldn't yell at me. She would just rip it out of my face. My Well, my mom, she took me to get the second holes and the third holes and basically all of my ear piercings, with the exception of two that I got in Nova Scotia. But she took me to get, like, I had my second uh, ear piercings by the time I was 11 years old. Like, I've always had a love for being pierced. And she took me to get my first navel piercing but then it stopped there i think the idea was that if they indulged that side that it would stop there no my mom was and then i came home with a tongue ring and my dad hit the fucking roof like i swear if they didn't hear him cussing from the moon it would shock me he was so unbelievably pissed like, I've never seen my anyone get that mad over right anything. Let's uh, see, my dad wouldn't have, uh, oh, because he well, wouldn't. But just, <laughs> and the funny thing verbally, is... Verbally, verbally, I feel like it was ripped out of my thing. face. My dad would only be pissed off because now he knows he'd have to hear my mom fucking bitch about it all night. <laughs> <laughs> and that's see, the only I- reason why he would be mad. Like, other than that, like, my dad, like... He just wanted his beer and his soap operas. Like as long as as long wow. as mom wasn't fucking going him and go, getting mad at him for what we did, he didn't care. This was- is actually brought to mind a very infamous dad story, which I guess are becoming regular across the podcast. So remind me of that. I'm going to let Nazim say what he wants to say before his face explodes, and then remind me dad story. Go dad Nazim. Story. 
pen. I have no idea what I was going to say now at this point in time. Like, Never honestly. mind. Back to the dad story. <laughs> so in regards we'll to back to Zoom. Just jump in we'll when you're um, So my parents were very against the piercing and tattoo thing, especially tattoos, because my dad, being 75 years old, uh, obviously not then, but now, so... But he was very, very, very against women having tattoos. Um, not too sure where that stems from, but men, fine. Get as many as you want. Women, forget it. So I have an older sister, and I watched her be tattooed first. She was the first one to come through the door with a tattoo. And... It was this tiny little rinky-dink daisy on her hip. And I have not seen my father that pissed since I came home with the tongue ring. It was terrible. It was like World War III hit our house. So when I turned 18, I thought, hey, great time for me to get a tattoo. Not taking into account everything I've witnessed because my sister by that time had gotten several tattoos She's and every like, time the reaction pissed, so. like it's not, he's already tried to murder my sister over this on several occasions so what the fuck so I got my tattoo which covers the entire lower portion of my back so it wasn't small <laughs> by any means it's quite large and Immediately after it was done, I was like, oh, awesome. I finally got it done was, oh, fuck, my father is going to have my ass on a platter. Like, I, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? And it's summer, so it's July and it's hot. And again, for those who don't know me personally, I dress fairly provocatively most of the time. That's how I'm comfortable. My parents as much as I didn't accept it, got to realize I had no choice in the matter because I was 18 years old. And I spend my summers bobbing around in basically booty shorts and a bikini top and have for as long as I can remember. And... (laughs) You miss them, do you? And they got very suspicious because I was wearing these big baggy t-shirts and hoodies and everything else all the time instead of my usual attire. So my dad's downstairs the one night on the computer and I come downstairs and I'm like, dad, I have to tell you something or more so show you something. And I'm because I'm tired of this. I'm hot. (laughs) I need to not wear so much clothing basically. And he's like, okay, what is it? And he fully fucking knew. He wasn't going to tell me that he knew, but he fully fucking knew. And I turned around and I showed him my back. And he's silent. And I'm terrified because I don't have eyes in the back of my head. So I'm waiting for him to, like, club me over the head with a lamp or something. (laughs) And he just says, oh, it's nice. I'm glad you got it somewhere that was so tasteful and well hidden. Which... Side note, my father telling me that basically what is a tramp stamp is a tasteful location. I'm so sorry, Daddy. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) um, I was very confused. And I was just like, all right, I'm not getting murdered. And why? So I turned around and I I looked at him. And I was like, that's it? Like, (laughs) 
at this point, I'm like, just fucking yell at me already. Like, don't make me be tortured in this way. And he looked at me. He was like, you don't think that since you've been coming home with piercings since you were 15 years old, I fully didn't expect this at some point. He's like, I accepted this about you years ago. I was just waiting for when. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, okay. He's like, I really think you should go show your mother, though. So I walk upstairs <laughs> like, yeah, I'm out of the woods. I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm free and clear. I didn't get screamed at. This is the best day ever. It's like, hey, Ma, look. <laughs> and she cried for three days. <laughs> oh, no. It was almost as bad as when I told her I got my nipple pierced. Yeah. Oh, see, it's just, my mom would have ripped them out of my face. My dad wouldn't give it to me. So. I had my tongue pierced at 21 and I, I went home one weekend and I was, I was talking like this, but my, my, my mouth wouldn't really open. So you're 21 and living away from home? Mm-hmm. I lived in okay, the world continue. in London at the time. I was yeah, just, at, just for, for audience context. <laughs> Yeah, so I was living in London at the time. I went home for the weekend and literally my mouth, like, I was talking like this and you know, my mouth was, wouldn't open so far and my teeth were clenched a bit. And, yeah, you get the idea, right? And mm -hmm. even then, I managed to keep it hidden for, like, six months and I all of a sudden sat down. Like, I, I was home another weekend. Yawn, sat down. No, no, no. I was just having a, uh, I think my mum had made, like, a roast dinner or something. I was just at my own table and they're like, yeah, we noticed you've had your tongue pierced. We were just waiting and wondering, you know, when you were going to tell us. But I was like, oh. they're like, yeah, we hate that. We would ideally like it if you didn't wear it when you come home. I was like, mm, yeah, if I take it out for like more than a day, it's likely going to close up at this stage in time because it's still fairly new. Um, not going to happen. <laughs> and see, and it's like, funny because. I've had my piercings now, my tongue ring, um, for over half my life. I've spent more of my life with my tongue piercing than without it. And if I take it out now, I can't talk properly. <laughs> yeah, I get like I, I, this weird lisp. Because <laughs> you're always expecting oh. it now. Yeah. Yeah, because it I is heavy my... and you don't realize it until it's not in anymore. <laughs> I, I took mine out. Oh, you did? So I took mine out uh, just as I started getting ill and I was back and forth to the hospital and having MRI scans and stuff. And I got so fed up with just having to take it out. And it's not just a simple case of putting it back in. Like I used to put it in Listerine, clean it and do all of that before putting it back in. And it just felt like such a chore to keep doing it constantly. So I kind of learning how to talk without a tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I I wasn't now about it. I I don't know if it's closed up now. I'm pretty sure it would have because it's been out for a good two or three good few years now. So how long did you have it pierced? As part of fifteen years. It might still be open. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a try. I've got I found my my piercing uh piercing like the tablet thingy majig. You're like the seventy tablet things that you have mm -hmm. i've got all my balls and my bars all in in one of those so i've dug it out i just need to 
try. I obsessively my... compulsively buy tongue rings now because I've swallowed so many in my life <laughs> that you know, I wake up and it's like, ah, damn it. I swallow the backs of Lebrays all the time, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, you know what? I've been lucky. I have the original stud still in my lip from when I had, had it pierced. pierced in my Lebray. That was it. And my bitched my... <laughs> at me the whole time. That was it. Every time she'd see me, I can't believe it. It's stupid. You're so stupid. It's the, <laughs> it's the original jewelry that I had put in there when I was 19. So this piece of jewelry has been in my face for damn near 20 years. <laughs> I kind of wanted to get my eyebrow pierced again. I've had both my eyebrows pierced. I can't do the labray again. No, it fucks up your teeth. Yo, fucking hell yeah. It fucks up your teeth every time. I want to get my nose done. I love my nose ring. I don't think I'll ever lose my nose ring. I don't think I'd look right with the nose, but I want to get my both my eyebrows. I want them completely pierced, like going across, and then I want to get curtains. A lip ring would be hot on you. I, I was thinking about that, but then still the same issue with the teeth. You had less with, um, if you had a hoop in it, and it yeah. was a properly sized hoop, you'd be okay. Possibly. I don't know, we'll see. I am going to get a tat, so I'm going to start there. I have so many tattoos I have to get. We'll ease into my midlife crisis. Pick something. Pick something that you're going to get pierced, and when Team Pyromenesium is together, we are getting pierced and tattooed. Alright, that's which good. I am going to get that little flame running really fast, tattooed on my ass, with the trademark symbol beside it. That's good. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yep. And uh, it'll be the perfect kind of, you know what? Fuck you. You can go kiss my ass. And there's wish... a lovely spot for you to kiss it as well. So, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could get a tattoo where it was just a picture of something, but then it's our initials make out the outline of the picture. Or like Team Pyro Mini Zoom. Imagine That'd be if, awesome. Yeah. I mean, find somebody to be able to get that detail. I like our little flame guy. He's marketable. We can make little yeah. plushies. Little plushies. <laughs> <laughs> Not as crude as the one I drew. But see, then because, that holy circles hell. us back to being politically correct. What would we right. name it? Because there'd be quite a few names we would have to avoid. <laughs> it's Pyromenizum. <laughs> it's our essence. All right. Perfect. It's the fire, but it's little, <laughs> and it's running really fast. Yep. It's Pyromenizum. Pyromenizum. <laughs> can even make piggy banks. Piggy banks and plushies and purses, and it will be. Well, you, have you ever heard of Tubby Nugget? No. <laughs> oh, we have to have to send you a. a or a the cupcake. <laughs> I gotta send you both Tubby Nugget and the cupcake. You prepare yourself for some TikToks, because you know same difference. They're adorable <laughs> and totally marketable. Yep. All right. I just but not so innocent. Well, oh. Tubby Nugget is. But the I cupcake, think. not so much. That cupcake's one filthy bitch. Tubby, tubby <laughs> Nugget just looks like a ball sack. <laughs> well, tubby I mean, Nugget. If it could, like, run around. <laughs> like, hashtag not that, but Tubby Nugget, yo. 
uh, that the hashtag I can make this an ad because Tubby Nugget, if you want to be a part of this, I will plug your TikToks because I love to send me a plushie. I turned around and said, that one dude said he looked like a testicle. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tubby Nugget. Send us hoodies, send us plushies. I don't care. I would Tubby Nugget, look him up on TikTok. Yeah. You won't regret Tubby it. Tubby Nugget. And it was one time, like, I had sent one of the Tubby Nugget TikToks to Nazum to cheer him up. And he messaged me back. He's like, oh, my God, I love Tubby Nugget. And then no, I sent you the cookie one back to night. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you the cookie one where, he's, uh, where Tubby Nugget's yeah. just making, he's singing along making uh, chocolate chip cookies. And it's like, chocolate chip I can't even do it. I can't do it justice. But it's such no, a sweet. It's so cute. It is so cute and sweet. And then try not to smile watching Tubby Nugget. I fucking dare you. And if you tell me you didn't, you're a fucking liar. How about that? <laughs> oh, monster. Tubby Nugget. <laughs> Brought to you by, and I'm all set. Yeah. <laughs> Endorsement feels for free here. Is this like chocolate chip He's just like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do it. I, I need to watch that again. It's and see what so it reminds me of. This is how my brain works. What's, what this reminds me of is Jason when he was super itty bitty. Like he was like two and a half at the time, I think, and still in diapers and just he could talk, but not awesomely well. He had that really small baby voice. Now, bear in mind that my son, unfortunately, has my hair so it's very thick very curly and when he was itty bitty he had like this big q-tip poof (laughs) type of curl on the top of his head and my mom has these very long windows in her bedroom and a, a window bench right in front of him and jason is on his elbows on the window bench looking out the window in nothing but this diaper shaking his butt back and forth singing i'm sexy and i know it <laughs> 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 and for some reason the tubby nugget thing reminds me i get that visual in my mind <laughs> <laughs> which again you're two and a half year old singing i'm sexy and i know it probably is- not so pc but it's adorable, but it's but I'm sure that there's gonna be indeed a... politically correct. It, it, it's too cute not to be. But I mean, Tubby, like I mean. Well, yeah, you know what? That's true. Someone's <laughs> gonna have a problem with that. Is be like it's fat shaming. <laughs> and that's well, how we circled it all the way back to political correctness. <laughs> yeah, that, well done. I was wondering how we were gonna get there. That was that was a nice circle around since we really went way off the rails yep. on we can our original summarize. topic. So my take, my opinion, which many podcasts I've already said this, my opinion means absolutely fucking nothing. I'm nobody. I'm just a dude. I only know the world through my eyes. I can only experience things through my own experiences and how I view things. There's things that I don't like that I see. I will speak up if, you know, it calls for it, if I feel the need to. I pick and choose my battles, which I have a right to. Um, But I understand a lot of different things. 
Like, I don't know what it's like to have to hide my identity from people out of fear of being, you know, beat up or murdered or, you know, shamed. And to walk around and hear certain words. Jeez, Louise, my kid's phone's going off. What a mood. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, anyways. So, I don't, I don't know what it's like walking around and, and hear people using a, a term that I identifies me as a human being towards somebody, something, even a French fry <laughs> to make it lesser than them or anything for that matter. I don't know what it's like. So yeah, I get it because if I was constantly surrounded by being the butt of jokes and insults and insults and being seen as you know, always associated with something negative or in a negative manner, I would be pretty fucking pissed off. We all have a right to exist. We all have a right to feel comfortable with who we are. Certain countries, though, there is freedom of speech, but you also have the right, the right to remain silent. You have the right to do many things. And if you're just going to use your right to, for no reason other than to harass, undermine, demean, just fall out just to be a dick, then I've, I don't even know now that be really messed with my head there. I was going somewhere with this, but now I lost lost my footing. But anyways, if if you're going to use that right, you know, you might as well just shut up. You know, like yeah. Well, accept the consequences. Accept that there will be consequences. Consequences, because you do have a right to stick up for yourself. Yeah. And at the same time, absolutely, we can't perry uh, cherry pick what is freedom of speech and what is not. Well, and that's what I was touching down on earlier, is that we don't get to choose how our words affect other people. No, we don't. If I say something to you, Pyro, for instance, and you come back to me and be like, well, that was like, I was offended by that, or that hurt my feelings or whatever, I don't get to look at you and say, no, it didn't. No. You're a pussy. Shut the fuck up. No, you don't have a right to do that. I don't have that right. No, and your government doesn't have a right to tell you what you can and cannot say. Regardless of what it is, as long as you're not saying, all right, let's go kill Tom or, you know, we're going to go fucking or Tom, what Tom do, you know, or put Phil on a pitchfork or. Oh, Phil, you know, but always Tom, it's always Phil, right, it's never Steve, right? Companies have a right <laughs> to do as they please to a point. I don't want to make say do as they please completely, you know, but if they want to put out fucking disgusting content that is whatever, then fucking let them. Just don't watch it. And then judge the shit out of the people who do. You know? Yeah, I mean, just because it's out there doesn't mean that you have to... And at the same time, if you see a Disney cartoon with a non-binary 
character or somebody representing being represented by the LGBTQ community, no matter where their stance is, no matter what you feel their take is, whether you feel like they're force feeding it on you, they're not force feeding it on you. You choose to watch that content. Nobody is forcing you to watch that content. Nobody's sitting here and saying, you got to watch this movie about a gay couple. But you have to accept our representation that it's there. matters. Yeah, but you have to accept that it's there because it's there, and yeah. it, the world does not revolve around you. you no, for years upon years upon years, yep. we had cis straight white content jammed down our throats, and male content too. Yeah, uh, we had us we <laughs> cisgendered male. Yeah. We just had to deal with it. It was just, that was it. So we made the choice, as if we didn't agree, to turn off the TV, read a book, listen to the radio, go find something else. With the amount of programming that's on today, with the entertainment that's out there today, if you don't like it, if you don't want to see the representation, watch something else. Watch something else. Watch something that's in your demographic. Eventually, it will be represented everywhere. Watch something that fits your lifestyle. And yeah. be happy. You know, because obviously Disney knows its audience and is going to cater to its audience. But at the same point, making Elsa a lesbian isn't going to ruin Disney. No, Get off it, not. people. Nobody no. gives a fuck. Like, I'm all for representation. I want there to be, I want everybody to be represent, represented. I want everybody to feel like they deserve to be a part of life except pedophiles and rapists fuck you obviously and, and murderers yeah that's it that covers up most of pedophiles rapists murderers right is there any other no that's it and fuck stop you guys making stop <laughs> making blind people terrorists and bad yeah. people in every single movie like jesus <laughs> yeah like honestly right liz Ahmed. <laughs> Love the guy, right? But uh, he literally, look at his back catalog. All he ever plays is either a villain or a terrorist, right? Want to know what? Back then, it would have been better if if the bad guy was just like the most randomest. It's it's it's, it's Tim Scott. Tim Scott is the villain of this film. He works <laughs> at a major video, <laughs> you know, and he's got a wife, and two kids, you know. But like, like average Joe guy the selling average used Joe, cars. But like, and he's just fucking crazy, you know. That to me, yeah. that's a lot more scarier, you know. Like, yeah, that's true. I'll never oh fucking walk into Robin that. Williams in Robin Williams in one hour one hour photo. Yeah, the most <laughs> unassuming characters will always make the best villains. But I agree with you, hundred percent. Nizum, make them all fucking the main and the hero. But the people one thing I people. don't like, I just have to say this real quick, and I'm probably going to get fucking slack for this. The one thing I don't like, though, is when you watch a piece of work and you get mad because, well, why wasn't this character this? Why wasn't this character that? You know? Mm-hmm. I'm talking standalone first film. Obviously, if it's a series of films, yeah, let's get some representation in there why not but if it's like somebody created this from their brain you know 
that's the one thing I don't like is when they like, why didn't they do this? Why didn't do that? To me, it's like, well, why didn't you do it? Yeah. You know, instead of like somebody that's came from somebody's brain, let them have their artistic, whatever the fuck presented, however (laughs) they see it, their vision. Artistic freedom. Artistic freedom. Now, you feel really passionate that you think those types of movies need to have representation. I agree. But use that anger instead of behind a keyboard and a forum. Represent it. Fucking write something. Yeah. Create it. Do it. Let's do it. I'll watch it. And on that note, I'm going to do promos because we really have to wrap it up here. So for next week, April the 15th, we have episode eight. And it is our 420 episode. Um, and we have a guest with us next week with Frog Lenostic. He will be joining us for our discussion. And we're going to talk about things like the stigma that is still surrounding the use of marijuana and personal experiences and... Just celebrate weed. Why? Because we can. Yep. And it's you guys our four twenty show. <laughs> you guys can celebrate it for me, but we will address that. We'll address that week. in the podcast. <laughs> in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, are there any last words before you take us out? <clears throat> no, I think I pretty much said everything that you know needed to be said. Uh, as far as my stance is, is I don't, I don't have a right to have an opinion because I will never know what it's like to be in their shoes. But at the same time, I don't know what it'd be like to be in many shoes, Nazum shoes, my kids' shoes, my neighbor's shoes. As I say over and over again, I, I've only experienced life through my own eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm the nicest person on this planet and if I make a mistake or if I say something wrong it is out of genuine you're human and I'm human and the thing is is I would much rather you educate not educate me but point me in the right direction so then I can better understand than just kind of come heavy-handed because I'm always willing to learn yep yeah and I think that in a world that we're learning and trying to become more tolerant. Maybe people should have a little bit more tolerance towards the people who are still learning and treat it with just a little bit more kindness and understanding before jumping all over them and getting them canceled or closing their business or demonizing them on the internet. Yep. And vice versa. Ten years ago or whatever long, no one is born perfect we have all made mistakes Mm -hmm. and we have all evolved and grown over the years i know i was never innocent i've said some dickish things in the past but same yep do your best to put yourself in somebody else's shoes yeah before opening your mouth okay with that pyro with that political correctness and whatever else that evolved into (laughs) tubby nuggets we're all human we all make mistakes we should be able to have the opportunity to forgive 
and also the opportunity to be forgiven, to grow, to evolve, to become better, to live and to learn. And the rest of the lyrics from, isn't it ironic, from Alanis Morissette. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't understand from, you know, I don't want to say I don't understand. I, I never experienced life through anybody else's through my eyes. And as far as my opinions are, they don't matter. Because I am just me. I'm no better than the next person and no less than the per next person. So my opinion does not matter. And for that, I am all set. Have a good night, everybody.